Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Hi, I'm RPJ, and you're listening to Dad's Read Princess Stories. Today's dad is Mike Vardy. Mike Vardy is a writer, productivity strategist, and the creator of the methodology and philosophy known as time crafting. He is the author of several books, including The Front Nine, How to Start the Year You Want Anytime You Want, and the upcoming Time Crafting, A Better Way to Get the Right Things Done. He is a renowned speaker and has taught productivity practices on popular online educational platforms, Creative Live and Skillshare, where his courses are among the most popular in the business category. Mike lives in Victoria, BC, Canada, with his incredible wife, daughter, and son. Today, Mike will be reading the true story of Olga of Kiev. Once upon a time, there was a princess, and her name was Olga of Kiev. Olga was married to a very greedy and not-so-bright king named Igor. He was the unpopular ruler of Kievan Rus, the proto-Russian 10th-century kingdom that took its name from the capital of Kiev. Now, Igor's subjects resented his military campaign against the Derevlian tribe, a Slavic kingdom to the west, and the subsequent drain on his resources. Now, if Igor was unpopular with his own people, just imagine how much less the Derevlians liked him, especially after he violently forced them to pay an annual tribute, not just once, as was customary, because it's annual, but twice. In the year 945, Igor demanded still more from these people. He demanded more money, more furs, and more honey. Prince Mal, their leader, cautioned his comrades. If a wolf comes among the sheep, he will take away the whole flock one by one unless he be killed. If we do not kill him now, he will destroy us all. So they killed Igor in spectacular, gruesome fashion. They captured him, tied him between two trees, and ripped him in half. Igor's death left his bride, Olga, a widow with a three-year-old son barely tall enough to reach the throne, much less sit on it. Now it was the Derevlians' turn to be greedy, they said to themselves. See, we have killed the prince of Russia. Let us take his wife, Olga, for our prince Mal, and then we shall obtain possession of her son and work our will upon him. To be honest, that was a good plan, and it might have worked except they hadn't reckoned on one thing. Olga. You see... After they killed her husband, the Derevlians sent 20 of their top men to negotiate with Olga. Olga greeted them graciously and asked why they'd come. Their answer? With her husband dead, how did she feel about marrying Prince Mal? Olga could not have seemed more reasonable. She said, Your proposal is pleasing to me indeed. My husband cannot rise again from the dead. She then asked the men to return the next day so that she could honor them in the presence of her court. That night, Olga had her men dig a large ditch in front of her castle. And when the invoice returned, they were dumped into the pit and buried alive. Oh, and right before her men shoveled dirt over top of them, Princess Olga leaned over the edge and asked if their particular honor was to their taste. She doesn't stop there. Her next move was to send word back to the Drevlians, requesting their noblest and most distinguished men to come to her court and accompany her back to their kingdom so that she could join their prince. If not shown this honor, she warned them that her people would not let her go. 
And so they complied. And Olga received the noblemen kindly, directing them into the bathhouse where they could wash after their long journey. And once the visitors were inside, she ordered the doors locked and then set the building on fire, killing them all. And she doesn't stop there. Now, apparently, no one was telling the Derevlians that every man they'd sent so far was being murdered. So they weren't suspicious when Olga sent them yet another message. Now, this one claimed that she was coming, and it directed the Derevlians to prepare great quantities of mead in the city where her husband's body was buried so that she could weep over his grave and hold a funeral feast for him. Soon she arrived with a smaller number of soldiers. When the Derevlians asked where all their noblemen were, she lied and said they were on their way. In the meantime, she suggested they all get down to feasting and drinking. So they did, with gusto. And once they were drunk enough, Olga gave the word. Her men fell upon the drunken Derevlians and slaughtered all 5,000 of them. And yet, she doesn't stop there. Olga returned to Kiev and readied her large army to attack the surviving Derevlians. Soon the Derevlian cities fell to the bloodthirsty armies of Olga, with the vanquished retreating behind the walls of their principal city, Izgorosten. Olga sent message to the besieged people asking, Why do you persist in holding out? All your cities have surrendered to me and submitted to tribute, so that the inhabitants now cultivate their fields and their lands in peace. But you would rather die of hunger without submitting to tribute? They responded that they'd be happy to give her tribute, but they knew she was still bent on revenge. Not so, replied Olga. Since I have already avenged the misfortune of my husband twice on the occasions when your messages came to Kiev, and a third time when I held a funeral feast for him, I do not desire further revenge. But I am anxious to receive a small tribute after I have made peace with you. Then I shall return home again. And it was a small tribute she requested, three sparrows and three doves from everyone in the city. The people gladly handed over the birds and rejoiced. But she doesn't stop there. Once night fell and everyone went to bed, feeling at peace, Olga had her soldiers tie cloth dipped in sulfur to the feet of each bird. Then the birds were released, flew straight home, and set every house on fire. She then ordered her soldiers to kill or capture anyone who escaped. And that's when she stopped. So the moral of the story, of course, is, as Michael Jackson decreed in his chart-topping song, don't stop till you get enough. Well, good night. That was Mike Vardy reading the true story of Olga of Kiev. You can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Vardy, Facebook at Mike Vardy Writer. You can also find out what Mike Vardy is working on right now by visiting his website, www.mikevardy.now. We would like to take the time to thank you for listening to this episode. We are now on most streaming services, and you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, and many more. If you have not already, please click the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Leave a review. All the kind words help. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dad's Read Princess Stories and on Twitter at Dad's Read. I'm RPJ. Stay safe. <laughs>